Welcome to the Bud Zone Podcast. I'm Bud, your host. The Bud Zone Podcast is for, from, and by saints, our buds in the faith. To edify one another in the faith and to encourage one another to love and good works. We discuss the world, we discuss the church, we discuss the faith, we discuss truth, and we do it with the mind of Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to this edition of the Bud Zone Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by my dear friend Rob Miller to discuss the importance of believers having a consistent, disciplined Bible reading plan. This pre-recorded episode was prior to the very recent events that have occurred as a result of the United States' withdrawal from Afghanistan. One of the effects of effectively handing over that nation to the Taliban is the very real and immediate threat to Christians in the country. While Americans are certainly political targets of the new regime, so too are Christians being targeted by this Islamic regime. Western missionaries, indigenous Christian leaders, and individual Christians are being targeted for extermination. A headline from an article in the Daily Wire dated August 19th, 2021, and I'll provide a link in the show notes to this, but this headline captures the ominous persecution of Christians in that country. The title is, Taliban Going Door-to-Door Seeking Christians, Searching Through Phones for Bible Apps. Here are just a couple of pertinent quotes from the article. Quote, The Taliban has a hit list of known Christians they are targeting to pursue and kill. And the second one, which comes from a president of a Christian nonprofit organization in the country, says this, quote, We're hearing from reliable sources that the Taliban demands people's phones, and if they find a downloaded Bible on your device, they will kill you immediately, end quote. Here's the point. You're about to listen to an episode that encourages the daily engagement of the faithful believer with the Word of God. The atrocities being sought and perpetrated in Afghanistan right now are not merely driven by geopolitical differences. They are sought and perpetrated by haters of God who are identifying Christians merely by their possession of the Word of God. But this is not a new hatred. It is one that began in the garden with a Luciferian serpent who challenged the Word of God. We have a God-hating enemy who hates the Word of God. In a sense, we can be thankful that this hatred of Scripture is itself a testimony to the eternal importance of Scripture. The father of lies and those who are of his ilk are, in a strange way, validating the preeminence, the power, and the truthfulness of Holy Scripture. If the enemy can kill the word by killing possessors of the word or professors of the word, so it thinks, that is an attack on God. The egregious circumstances going on in Afghanistan ought to cause the Christian church worldwide to recognize the eternal and supernatural value of the Word of God, which we so easily take for granted. We should not wait until a knock comes on our door to face the fact 
that the world hates the word we profess because it hates the God that that word and we proclaim. So, as you listen to this episode, please be much in prayer for those believers in Afghanistan. Many of them right now will have been martyred for their faith by the time you hear this. But be much in prayer for the faithful believers who remain. And also be much in confession and repentance to God that so many of us have failed to be disciplined to read, study, and memorize his word. Let us not be complicit with the enemy by disregarding the word, And let us not be comfortable and complacent by diminishing the importance of that word in our faith and in our lives. Christians are being slaughtered. They are being martyred because of the word of God. We hope you'll be encouraged and edified by this discussion about this Bible reading plan. But what we really hope is that you'll be committed to regularly engage with the Bible. Christ told us in his prayer to the Father that your word is truth. May we commit to knowing the truth, proclaiming the truth, so that that truth, despite the evil works of the enemy, may truly set us and others free. Now, please enjoy the rest of this episode. Thank you. I am joined by a guy who is technically my mentor. He will resist that. But if I was the guy you had to mentor, you'd, you'd probably resist it too. Rob Miller. Brother. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah. So have you ever been on here before? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, we've only tried by my uh, inexpertise and uh, incompetency to record this a few times, and, and hopefully now we've got it, but we shall see. Uh Anyway, thank you. We're, we've been uh, friends, brothers in Christ for a long time. We have uh, enjoyed one another and done the iron sharpens iron thing. And probably after this is over, I'll get more of the sharpening. But uh, <laughs> Rob Miller, thank you for being here. Hey, it's a pleasure. Glad it's, to be here. It's Miller time on the Bud Zone. <laughs> so, um. One of the things that we wanted to discuss today was the importance of Scripture. And uh, now that may seem kind of trite if you're a professing believer. We certainly profess the authority of Scripture. We profess the sufficiency of Scripture. And when you look across the uh, spectrum of evangelicalism today, it's like, where is the Word? It's just almost invisible. You, You have a lot of profession but you don't seem to have a lot of submission to the authority. You certainly don't seem to have a lot of faith in the sufficiency. And then from the other side of it, you know, where's the power? Where do we see the word actually transforming? It's like, you know, the superficial visible church doesn't really believe that scripture actually transforms you, but you're here to say that it does. Absolutely. It does. Um, so we're going to talk about that. I want to talk with you about the reading plan that you do, uh, the benefits that you've, you've gained from it, uh, the growth in your faith and your Christ likeness that, uh, is an effect of the Lord working through his word in your life. And I think it'll be encouraging to people, but I had this, uh, 
this brief little thing I wanted to read, it's kind of an, a synopsis of what Scripture is all about. It doesn't actually come from Scripture. It's more of a statement about Scripture. I don't even know who wrote it. I see it uh, in a number of different places, you know, over the years. Uh, so it's kind of an anonymous uh, uh, citation. We can attribute it to you if you want. I don't have a problem with that. But, no, I, uh, I don't think so. And, and nobody would believe you anyway. So Well, you'll agree with it, I think. I so think. Let, me, let me read this. Uh, very good synopsis. Very brief, too. So um, It says, The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, too, heaven is opened and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good, its design, and the glory of God, its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Now, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a fairly accurate synopsis. And you want to take credit for writing it now, don't you? Uh, still, nobody would believe you if you said that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, then... We will leave it to the uh, future to find out who actually put that together. But yeah, I may have to look that up later and see if I can't figure out who who actually penned that. That's that is good stuff. Yeah, I haven't looked lately. I do remember looking for it before and couldn't couldn't find a source for it. But, uh, it is important for us to be engaged in Scripture. So tell me how you do that. Well. Um, you know, you one of the things that you and I have in common is that we both come from a background uh, having previously been associated with a mainstream evangelical denomination and, you know, brought, brought up in that denomination. What I found over the years from childhood into adulthood uh, was that my knowledge of, of scripture and, and therefore most persons sitting in the pews in that denomination, their exposure to scripture was actually based on whatever the scripture happened to be that was found in the quarterly Sunday school material. And we, we seem to focus on that rather than reading the, the whole of scripture, which uh, I didn't do until 
much later in in, uh, in life. And uh, so my knowledge of Scripture was limited to, like I said, the the whatever passage we were covering in the uh, Sunday school curriculum for a particular quarter and uh, what was being taught there and whatever may have been the focus coming from the pulpit. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't until years later and, and specifically going back to about five years ago when you and I, you know, shortly after you and I met, uh, uh, you provided me with a Bible reading plan. Now, now many, you know, if you think about it, you know, I, I've heard pastors stand in the pulpit and, and talk about, uh, encourage congregants, those sitting in the pews to uh, commit to uh, a Bible reading plan. Most of the time that happened around January when people made New Year's resolutions. Well, this year I'm going to read through the entirety of Scripture. And uh, to be honest, a Genesis to Revelation reading plan was not something that I was very good at, and most people sitting in the pews were not very good at that because I would start off pretty good, you know, reading through the law, uh, getting into the the books of history, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First, uh, Second Samuel, First, Second Kings, and then about the time I hit First uh, and Second Chronicles and got into the genealogies, it just I got bogged down. And see, that uh, just shows how much more pious you are than me. You could get that far. <laughs> I normally would get to something like the Leviticus and and just lose it. Uh, my my zeal would be over with because I can't, you know, eat well, you know, things and mix my mix my fabrics because I'm such a fashionable guy. That always, you know, got me. If you went all the way to Chronicles, dude, you were you were in it. But you make a point that is. It's true. I think even genuine believers, and now in the superficial church, it's so hard sometimes to know who's a, a merely a, a nominal Christian and a genuine Christian. But the genuine Christian, you know, who who maybe needs to be discipled, wants to read Scripture, and they encounter exactly what you said. We've certainly had the experience you have, I have, where people show up on Sunday morning for a Sunday school class, or they are there for worship service, and. Uh, that's probably the only time they pick their Bible up. They, they may right. show up at church because they don't even know where they left it the last time they put it down. It's the quote Charles Spurgeon once said, that there's dust enough on some of your Bibles to write damnation with your fingers. Huh. Uh, I don't think that's intentional on most people's part, but they don't really have a, a valid plan that they're committed to that actually right. engages them. Right. Um, so... And, and you know what? And, and it is important. And, and the reason, you know, I go back to, you know, shortly after we met and you had recommended to me a Bible reading system uh, by, by a fellow by the name of uh, Professor Grant Horner. Yeah. And, and uh, Professor Grant Horner's Bible reading system, that's what you recommended. And, uh, I gave that a shot. You know, I, I think, uh, I started using that plan in July of 2016 and 
I have been using that plan uh, ever since. And uh, it's, it's been good for me. And, and it's a different style of reading plan. It's a list of 10 different genres of scripture. And you're reading a chapter from each of those 10 different sections uh, every day. You're not so, reading straight through from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. You're reading from different areas of Scripture every day. So you take this list that Professor Horner's put together, and it, it breaks up. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, you're reading one chapter each right. day from each of those categories of Scripture. Um, that's right. But that's so you're, you're at 10 chapters a day, and that is actually a very aggressive reading plan. Most people, I think their idea of Bible reading is they'll open up some kind of devotional, and there may right. be one or two or three verses of Scripture there, and, oh, well, I've read, I've read the Bible. Because when they start from Genesis and try to work straight through, which can be done, and I know noble saints and godly people that have done that, most of us can't, can't fathom that and be committed to it. But what this does is 10 chapters a day. It's bouncing you all over scripture. How long does it take you to do that? You've been doing it for five years. So yeah. you've read the Bible through how many times as yeah. a result of that? Actually, I'm working on my eighth time through the entirety of scripture uh, at this point. Okay. And, uh, and at, a, at a sitting, how long does it take you usually? Generally, it'll take me a uh, half hour, 45 minutes, uh, maybe an hour. Uh, and Depending on if Psalm 119 is in there. That's right. Now, if, if, if it's Psalm 119 day, then it's, it's going to take me a little bit longer to get okay. through it. But, but it's not, when, when you tell people that it's, you're going to have to read 10 chapters a day, it, at first, that's a little bit intimidating to them. But, but it really doesn't take that much of your time. And because you're reading from uh, 10 different sections of scripture, you get drawn into it. At the further you follow this plan, uh, you get drawn into it because it's, it's so compelling. The benefit of the plan is that you're seeing a lot of different areas of scripture at one time. And, and, and we'll talk about that too, how it helps you see essentially the continuity of the entire word of God. And, right. and really the question you have to ask yourself as a believer, um, and, and it's a question you can continue asking yourself, how seriously do we think God expects us to take his word? Not only with regards to authority and sufficiency and uh, efficacy, how seriously does he expect us to be engaged with it? I'm thinking we're all going to show up to heaven one day uh, by the grace of the Lord, and we'll be there and never think that we spent enough time in the Word. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is one way to help help accomplish that. The goal right. is not, you know, a checklist kind of Christianity, just uh, I got my 10 today, so I'm good. Yeah. No, you're not gaining any holiness by, by doing that. You are producing legalism by doing that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you do this so that you grow in your knowledge of the Lord and Savior. You grow in knowledge of God. And as you grow in your understanding, you grow closer to Him because you know Him better. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is the internal witness that's illuminating the Scripture to us. So you're using Grant Horner. 
I, um, Grant Horner is currently a professor at Masters University. He is the one that developed this. I had found on the Masters University website uh, a faculty profile of Professor Horner, and he doesn't speak too much about the the plan that he put together, but I've got about a 45-second clip that I pulled out of that. The audio is not perfect because they've got some kind of background music playing and it didn't come through real well. But let me play this and let's talk about the specifics of his plan that you use. I, I use it and and it's something I recommend to people when I'm, you know, in a discipleship kind of situation. But uh, let's let's listen to this. When I was converted, I didn't know much about the Bible. I had some people point out to me that there are different genres of books of the Bible, that the Bible was not written at one time but you have to learn how to read it. So what I did was I found a list that was kind of approaching the Bible genre-based and broke it up, rearranged it, tried a few different things, and eventually came up with a system which now is being used all over the world. I had students ask me, how is it that you came to know the Bible as a young believer? And I showed them a list that I had written in my Bible. Some students are coming to me and asking me. And so I thought, well, I'll just put this up on a Facebook page. And all of a sudden, it exploded. And essentially what it does is it gives you an overview of the Bible by putting together all the different genres and having you read through those chapters kind of in a rotating fashion. It really does seem to have a tremendous effect on you. That's his little brief synopsis of how he did this. And the question that he was asked by his students was, how did you get to know so much of the Bible? And he did not get to know it by virtue of starting in Genesis and reading through Revelation. He gained his knowledge as a result of putting this kind of tool together for himself and then eventually sharing it with everyone. And we've, we've got it now. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, when, when you look at the description of this Bible reading system that Grant Horner has, has developed and put out there for others to use. Uh, one of the things he says is, is the goal of this system is simple and twofold, uh, to know scripture and to love and obey God more. And, and uh, I think that's important that, you know, that we understand that. And, and uh, this system makes it easier for, especially for someone like me, to get into scripture every day and to not only get into scripture, but to stay in scripture. Because uh, the Bible is not a book that you read once and put on the shelf and say, yeah, well, I've, I've read the Bible. Uh, the Bible is a book that uh, we need to be in on a daily basis. And this system makes that easy. Uh, and, and 10 chapters is, is not a detriment to that. It's, you know, it becomes very easy. The emphasis here is this is a Bible reading system. It's not a Bible study system. There are other yeah. avenues for Bible study. This is to familiarize yourself with what the Word of God says and uh, to become familiar with the Word of God and your Bible and be able to connect uh, that which God has said in the Old Testament to that which is said in the New Testament. And the, the longer you read it, uh, like you and I, we've been using this system for years, and the longer you read Scripture using this plan, the more you see the Word of God come together. 
Yeah, you see the continuity. You start seeing the 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 big themes of Scripture, and 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 you and I have talked about this before. We've talked about sovereignty. We've talked about holiness. We've talked about <clears throat> grace. You start seeing this everywhere, and then once you've seen it, it only grows. I mean, it was Spurgeon who said, you know, you never outgrow the Bible. It 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 gets wider and deeper uh, the more you are engaged with it over over time. So that continuity, the doctrines of Scripture, the teaching of Scripture is one of the things that most, I think most of the average people sitting in the pews, they, they don't get it. They don't, have a, they don't have a cohesive and coherent understanding of what is God telling us here. And Horner's system helps you see that because he's taking you through multiple genres of Scripture uh, where all these things suddenly come together. Not suddenly, it's not going to happen the first day, but after you've been engaged with it for some time, you will start seeing these things. You started the system specifically with the notion in mind of look for God's sovereignty. Right. Talk about that. Why was that a big deal and, and how did that have an effect on you? Well, you know, it, it, it's uh, when you made the recommendation for this plan, uh, the other recommendation that you made was as you read through the scriptures using this plan, read it through the lens of God's sovereignty. So I, I did that. And, and uh, as, you, as you read through scripture, through the lens of God's sovereignty, you, you begin to see the sovereignty of God in every aspect of scripture. And and it becomes apparent to you that that we you know we serve a sovereign God. He is sovereign in all things, uh, and uh, you, you can do the same thing if you read through Scripture through the lens of the holiness of God. Yeah. You know, it, it becomes more apparent to you that God is holy. You know, uh, we 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 read through Scripture and we we. Uh, read that God is a just God. We read that uh, God is a God of love. Uh, we read that God is even a God of wrath. Uh, and, and But the one thing that Scripture points out, you know, Scripture never says that God is just, 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 or he is love, love, love. But we see over and over again, God is holy, holy, holy. Yeah. And, and you begin to see that through through that lens of holiness as you take in the whole counsel of the Word of God. Just just a really unique uh, system that has benefited me a great deal. So what uh, what Horner has done here? These ten lists, which you can go online and do a search for Grant Horner's Bible reading system, and and it'll pop up, and you'll probably first find the listing that gives you a PDF file you can print out that includes some some preface material, and then it provides the lists for you. But let me just run through the lists real quick. Here's the genres of scripture that you're going to read through every day. Uh, list one are the Gospels. You're just constantly cycling through reading all the Gospels. Uh, list two, you're going to read one chapter from the from the law, from the Pentateuch. List three, you've got the major epistles of Paul and also Hebrews, which probably Barnabas or Apollos wrote. We're not sure about that yet. List four, the other epistles of Paul and, and the secondary epistles from uh, Peter, James, John. 
and also Revelation. List five uh, is Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. So you're cycling through those. List six and seven, one book. List six is the Psalms. List seven is Proverbs. So every day you're reading a chapter from each of those books of the Bible. Uh, List eight, you've really got the historical narratives of God's interaction and providence orchestrating the history of Israel. List nine are the prophets. Uh, And then list 10 is Acts. So you're always going to be reading in Acts. Um, And you made the note that takes about, uh, what does it say, 250 days? Yeah, 250 days. all uh, All the prophets, that's the largest chunk. But like every 89 days, you're going to have completely read all four Gospels. Uh, every 30 days, every month, you're going to have cycled through Proverbs. Uh, so you're getting that wisdom from Solomon inspired by the Holy Spirit. You're exposing yourself to this every day. It's not only proving itself as authoritative, it's proving itself as sufficient, but it's also proving itself as powerful. It changes you. And uh, if you're not engaged with it, you're not benefiting from that powerful life changing word. I mean, Christ in John 17 prays to the father that his followers, his people, his chosen would be sanctified and that they would be sanctified in truth. And he augments that by clarifying your word is truth. That's right. Uh, This is how we do it. But the power of the word is particularly interesting in your case. Because one of the words that we can use here <laughs> without fear of, oh, maybe somebody will make some comments. We can use the word Calvinism here. Oh, my goodness. Your engagement, <laughs> your engagement with reading Scripture through the lens of God's sovereignty, particularly when you get to those issues and those sections of Scripture, and especially in the Gospels, especially in Acts, um, where salvation comes up you suddenly understand God is orchestrating all of this. But tell the story about your engagement with it from the standpoint of sovereignty and coming to understand the doctrines of grace. Well, you know, it it was interesting because when you told me to read through the lens of God's sovereignty, uh, you know, as I did that, uh, it became apparent to me the more I read through that lens that the doctrines of of grace are right there in the scriptures. They are apparent. All you have to do is read it. Take what the Word of God says at face value uh, with a literal interpretation, and there they are. They jump off the page at you. And it was was interesting because... uh, you know, as I was going through and the, the doctrines of grace were becoming more and more apparent to me, I found this little website. And, and uh, you know, I think the, the website was uh, called fivesolos.com. And basically what it did was it took the five points of Calvinism uh, and the five points of Arminianism, and it laid them side by side. Uh, for you to look at. And, and so I wrote them down, you know, I, I numbered it, I put it on paper, you know, one through five. Uh, underneath each number, I put either the, well, both, both the, uh, uh, the 
first point of Arminianism and the first point of Calvinism. And I did that all the way down the page. And then I read through each one of those and I checked the one that uh, uh, most represented what scripture, what I was reading and understanding in scripture. And by the time I got down through so you're doing five. a you're doing like a Berean thing. I've read about that too. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, and and that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but but you know, so I'm taking this test. This this myself, and and uh, when I finished the test, I got down through the end of number five. I looked at all my answers, and and lo and behold, I discovered that uh, I'm a Calvinist. And uh, so just just to make sure that that uh, because now I'm not the only one in the house doing Horner's Bible reading system. You know, my wife's doing it. My son's doing it. You so, had them doing it with you concurrently, right? You guys were right. all kind of working through it together. Right. I mean, you were and, reading it separately, but everybody was on the same plan. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? One of the one of the interesting things about using this plan and doing it concurrently with other members in your family or or even other you know brothers and sisters at church if they're going through it at about the same time you're going through it the conversations that it initiates you know yeah. so but but anyway I I took those five questions and, and I printed out two more copies and I went in and sat down at the dining room table and I called my wife and my son and I said, sit down. I handed him both one of these tests and a, and a pencil. And I said, choose the one that is most, most accurately reflects what scripture says. And so they did, you know, and I, I sat there and I waited for him to finish it. And, and uh, once they were finished, they put down their pencils and they passed me their sheet of paper. And I took the piece of paper and I, I looked at their answers and I looked up at them. I looked at my wife and then I looked over at my son and then I said, congratulations, you're both Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I remember you called me. I was at work one day. I get a phone call from you and you and I had not had a lot of contact during that time and you were uh, I, I didn't know it. You were working through this plan and you call and tell me this story and you're like, so I took the test and I'm just waiting to hear who knows what. And I'm a Calvinist. And I'm like, well, praise God. Nobody's ever tried to convert you to Calvinism. No. It's, it's the word of God that did it. And, and you said, right. well, well, not only me, my entire household. <laughs> Calvinist. And, and, and praise and, and, God again, because this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the word. And That's if right. you're not engaged in the word, you're not going to be illuminated. You're not going to understand what is God telling me here? Yeah. And, and that was, you know, probably one of the facts that helped me the most was that you never, ever made any attempt to convert me to Calvinism. You always and consistently pointed me to the scripture and asked me to read that scripture using this plan uh, through the lens of the sovereignty of God. And as I did that, it became apparent. Yeah, because 
you know, you and I could have an argument. I could try and persuade you on any number of things, Calvinism just being one of them. But, but that really doesn't gain you anything, even if I win an argument. So what is that going to do for me? Our right. goal, you know, Paul tells us in Romans 8, our goal, the reason Christ, God saved us is to conform us to the image of his son. How's that going to happen? Well, Christ told us through the word, sanctification through the word. And, That's and right. we see Paul encouraging the, the saints in the letters that he writes to grow in the knowledge of God. That right. does not happen subjectively. It happens no. objectively with an open Bible uh, being studied, being read. And, and, and we'll wrap this up here shortly. Uh, there is a distinction. You want to read the Word, which is what this plan does, but then you want to come back and study it. So as you're That's reading right. it to know what's in there, make notes for yourself and study what questions you have and do that in depth. Uh, this is not to replace study. That's I, right. Uh, I wanted to point this out because Spurgeon has a, a, a pretty well-known quote about reading plans. And he says, some people like to read so many chapters every day, which is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I would not dissuade them from the practice, but I would rather lay my soul a soak in half a dozen verses all day than rinse my hand in several chapters. Oh, right. to be bathed in a text of scripture and to let it be sucked up in your very soul till it saturates your heart. You have to do yep. both. You have to do both. Uh, if you see that quote from Spurgeon, he's not saying don't do this. And don't do it in a legalistic fashion. You don't right. get, this is not checkmark Christianity. You're That's not right. gaining any more holiness with God because you have done it today. Exactly. Um, you know, I had another brother who uh, one time shared with me <clears throat> that when it comes to the Word of God, we need to first hear the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. We need to memorize the Word of God. And we need to meditate on the Word of God. I have, you know, praise God, I'm now in a place where I'm sitting under a, a uh, pastor teacher who is faithful to the text of Scripture and a Bible expositor. And he reads the Word and explains the meaning of the Word. Uh, so I'm hearing the Word of God the way it needs to be taught. I'm reading the Word of God using this plan, and I'm also uh, supplementing that with studying the Word of God. Now, I'm getting a little old, so, so memorizing the Word of God is, is becoming a little bit more, more difficult for me, but, uh, and then meditating on the Word of God. Uh, so, so using all of that, this, this reading plan fits nicely into that five-point approach yeah, uh, yeah. to knowing well, the Word of God. David in Psalm 119 said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And right. especially in the times that we're going through now, if you don't understand sovereignty because you haven't seen it in the Word, you, and you don't understand the Word because you're not engaged with it, you're traveling a path in darkness. Um, you need the light of scripture. You need that to your feet. You need it to your path. And that is what we are promised. So we encourage you to, to be involved in this, uh, the Horner Bible reading system, find it online. And uh, maybe we'll come back and talk some other time about sovereignty and holiness and discernment, <laughs> uh, some important things, but any last comments, 
Well, we have a few seconds before this cuts us off. Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy and do not sell truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. And all of those things are only, they only come from God and they're only found in the word of God. You have to open the word of God uh, in order to know the word of God. And, you know, I was, I was thinking earlier that, that uh, biblical discernment without biblical knowledge is a fool's errand. It's not going to do anything for us. Thank you for Miller time in the bud zone. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. As we wrap up this episode, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Rob for joining me. I anticipate that there will, Lord willing, be future episodes of the Miller time on the bud zone. But I also want to mention that we will include in the show notes on the website uh, links to the Horner reading system that we discussed. Excellent uh, reading plan. Encourage you to give it a try. Uh, If not it, find a system to read scripture regularly. Can't emphasize it enough. Thank you again for listening. God bless you. And that concludes this episode of The Bud Zone. The Bud Zone podcast is a member of the Christian podcast community where you can find scores of biblically sound podcasts for your edification and encouragement. Go to christianpodcastcommunity.org to discover more. You are now leaving The Bud Zone. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And just a reminder... No doctrines have been harmed during the recording of this show.